Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? The Jordan Rules. No, not the, the Michael Jordan Rules. The Jordan Travis Rules. What on earth is the college football committee going to do with a team that is now missing their Heisman candidate at quarterback and now needs to figure out what to do when evaluating said team? Should they run the table? If they lose, they'll be out. But if they run the table, what do you do? There is precedent to this, but two totally different scenarios, and they both happened in the same year. So we're going to look back on that, look forward to what they're going to do with Florida State. Also, the Heisman High Five. Five people can win this sucker. It's pretty remarkable with two weeks to go that five people can can win this thing. There's one really long shot. I should say really long shot. There's a, there's a, there's a long shot. There's one guy that has to win next weekend and then has to put on a show of almost biblical proportions. It's capable of it. Then there's one guy that is the front runner, but I think his journey's over. And then probably the winner will come out of this one game. So we're, we're, we're going to look at that as well. And best of the rest. With the Chiefs and the Eagles coming up Monday night, Monday Night Football, that I look at who has the best shot to dethrone them in order. Best of the rest with just six weeks to go. Harpod Sports, again, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. You want to follow us? Easy enough. At Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Harpon Sports Auditory Route. You can hear the bar, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports, the bar. Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the bar, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. All right, let's start off with this. The Jordan Rules. There was a time, it's hard to believe, 30 years ago, that the Jordan Rules went into effect. What were they? They were the way for teams in the Eastern Conference to pound on Michael Jordan. Well, get ready, because here come the Jordan rules, as now teams with one loss make their case against Florida State when it comes to the college football playoff. What does this team look like with Rodemaker at quarterback as opposed to Jordan Travis? Well, you're going to get two big games to find out, right? You're going to get Florida in the swamp, and then you're going to get what? Then you're going to get Louisville ACC championship game in Charlotte. Now, Jordan Daniels should have been invited to New York. Go back and look at his numbers before he got hurt against North Alabama, and he was going to score four or five touchdowns in that game. Just status quo would tell you that. 25 touchdowns, two picks on the year. He was going to have 30-2 and or 28-2 and heading into the Florida game. Was Jordan Travis going to win the Heisman? Probably not, but he should have gone to New York. Now he won't. So you remove a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback from the equation. They bounced back and drilled North Alabama. Great. Now you got Florida who may have their own backup quarterback with Max Brown, and then Louisville, who has just an ugly loss under their belt against Pitt, but has looked pretty good and found a way to win against Miami. Not a great team, but a top 15 team. So what do you do? And there's a little bit of precedent for this. It happened in the same year. There was a debate what to do with Florida State because Florida State was struggling in the first college football playoff year with Jameis Winston and they fell all the way down the ladder to, what, third? They were undefeated undefeated defending national champs and just kept falling and falling and finished third. Ohio State was fourth with their third-string quarterback, Cardell Jones. So Florida State works, or Ohio State works their way to fourth with their third stringer. And on that last week, jumped TCU and Baylor in the final week of the year with the third-string quarterback. So there's precedent of coming up, precedent of falling back, too. Jameis Winston, Florida State, struggling, falling back. Now there was talk, what happens if Jameis Winston 
is ruled ineligible. How does that phase in the deciding ground? Well, it's not fair to punish the rest of the team. Yeah, but the team's not the same without this guy. We've seen it in the NCAA basketball tournament with Kenyon Martin in Cincinnati 25 years ago. He gets hurt. They fall from a one seed to a two seed. So we have seen guys drop or guys' injuries affect seedings. So what happens? Well, it, it depends on what Rotomaker does, right? If they come out Florida State and they beat Florida by 17 to 24 points and then beat Louisville by double digits, it's it's a moot point. They're in. They're in. Well, they've struggled. Oh, okay, they're in. They're 14 and 0. They're in. 13 and 0. What, what, what are you going to what, what's What's the spin going to be? Well, you look at the odds. If Alabama loses to Georgia, and this is what you'll hear from SEC fans, well, look at the odds. Vegas would say, well, if that's the case, you don't even need to play. Just look at the odds. Why, why, even, have a, why, why even have a playoff? Cincinnati wouldn't have been invited a couple years ago. Going to go with a team that's going to be the closest when it comes to point spreads? Then put LSU in because LSU with Jordan Daniels would have a better crack at Alabama or Georgia than said Florida State with a backup quarterback. But it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Resume. Resume. So I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. The eyeball test is everything for Florida State the rest of the way. Everything. Should it not come down a peg? Maybe. Maybe. College football playoff committee, when the poll comes out this week, Georgia should be far and away number one. And then it doesn't really matter what you do after that for the time being with Ohio State and Washington. Because you have Oregon and Washington coming up, you got Ohio State and Michigan coming up. Doesn't matter what you do, except what you do with Florida State. But you could put Florida State as the fourth undefeated team right now. Well, you got five undefeated teams. You could have Florida State on the outside looking in. So what? Ohio State plays Michigan this week. If you went number one, Georgia, number two, Ohio State, number three, Washington, number four, Michigan, number five, Florida State, and drop Florida State and said, prove it. Okay. Well, Ohio State plays Michigan. That knocks one of them out. And then Ohio State, and then Florida State sitting there at five. Okay. Florida State goes out, takes care of business against Florida. They'd naturally move up. Florida State runs a table they're going to get in. But it'll be interesting to see what this does. And this is, nobody talks about the, the inverse effect. What happens if they come out and they beat Florida by 30 and just crush Louisville? Do you bump them then? If you say that they struggle without Jordan Travis, uh, okay, and you're going to punish them, what if they overachieve with the new guy? Does that count? Jordan rules. We'll see. A- again, if I, because with this guy, I don't know what we have. If I were ranking, I'd drop him. I would. I'd go Georgia one. I'd go Washington two. Ohio State three, Michigan four, Florida State five. That's what I would do. Florida State goes out and they, they take care of business and, and thump Florida. Okay. Ohio State, Michigan loser naturally is out. Florida State's sitting there at four now. Oregon sits there at five. Texas six, Alabama seven. Oh boy, do we have a fun conference championship weekend. Now you can put Michigan back there at five and leave Florida State at four. Fine. Doesn't matter. Michigan then beats Ohio State, then they jump up. Michigan loses. Then they're down there and they're gone. So you could set that this poll can be entirely about drama. Where it gets kind of finicky is if Florida State drops behind Oregon. There's where it gets crooked. Can go can, can go awry in a hurry. But it'll be interesting to see what the Jordan rules are. But the sad thing is he's not going to go to New York and he should have. Speaking of New York, Heisman Trophy. Oh, by the way, again, if I'm ranking, one Georgia, two Washington, three Ohio State, four Michigan, five Florida State, six Oregon, seven Texas. There we're going. Eight Alabama. Nine Louisville. That's what I would do. Got the five unbeatens, six, seven, eight, Oregon, Texas, Bama. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do if at Alabama if Alabama wins and beats Georgia because then it's the best win in the country. But then, what do you do with if Texas 
Texas already has beaten Alabama. If, if they win the Big 12 and then Oregon beats Washington to be the second biggest win in the country, how do you, you stink those one-loss teams up? I, should be a lot of fun. Speaking of Heisman, Jordan Travis is out. Would have gone. Who slides into his place? I've got Carson Beck here. And you can break the Heisman down in, in, into three different tiers right now. You can't. Three different tiers. Carson Beck's the long shot. What did I look at him? What's he got? 20 touchdowns, couple of picks, 3,500 yards passing. Why? Look, if he lights up Alabama, th- th- there you go. Now, Georgia Georgia Tech's going to have to be one of those games where he throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns to boost his stats up into that range because Michael Penix Jr. had a pedestrian night against Oregon State. Bo Nix didn't. Bo Nix, to me, is the front runner, although I'm going to make a case why Jaden Daniels could be the front runner right now. But to me, it's Bo Nix's to lose. So I, this is how I look at this. Carson Beck's your long shot. He'd have, you have to have some, Marvin Harris, I'm going to get to Marvin Harrison Jr. here in a second. But basically everybody would have to fall apart. You'd have to have one of the worst Pac-12 championship games of all time. And then Carson Beck would have to just eat Alabama's lunch. So there's your long shot. The next one in that list, the fourth, the guy, this is where the guys that should be invited. Marvin Harrison Jr. should be invited. You look at his numbers, was he got 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns? Here's where he needs to have an iconic moment against Michigan. If he can have an iconic moment or two against Michigan, and against Michigan, I'm going to give you some numbers. He's going to have to do 140 and two, 140 yards receiving two touchdowns. Why? That gets him to 15 touchdowns and close to 1,300 yards receiving. And then with those numbers, you can start to look around and go, okay, against Iowa, a really good defense on the stage, prime time, Saturday night, Big Ten championship. All right. But he's going to have to have those numbers, and Ohio State's going to have to win. If Ohio State goes into Michigan and wins, it means Marvin Harrison Jr.'s had a big day. So if Marvin Harrison Jr., I remember when Tim Biakabatuka, Michigan, ate Ohio State alive when he had like 300 yards rushing 30 years ago now. If he can do something like that, not 300 yards receiving, but... If Marvin Harrison Jr. can have a couple of touchdowns and a buck 50 receiving and Ohio State wins, he's going to New York. And then the question is, can he do enough in the Big Ten championship window to boost him over the top? Because he's going to be all alone that night. Because Carson Beck is going to have played earlier. Florida State, Louisville doesn't have a contender. Jane Daniels, probably your front runner right now, but he's out of smoke. He's out of smoke. He's get, he, he has one more game left, and depending on what he does in that game, that's great. But without a conference championship game, here you go. He's the most dynamic player in college football. I get it. Bo Nix is having a better season, if you will. To me, the best quarterback, dual threat, is Jaden Daniels. The best player, Marvin Harrison Jr. So it's a, these are different debates and different discussions. It's, it depends on your pre- preference, right? Do you want steak? Do you want chicken? What do you want? Grab? What do you want? Surf and turf. That's what you want. So, to me, Jaden Daniels. And Michael Penix Jr. did struggle. And he's kind of sitting there now. Oh, my gosh. What, do he, what does he do? But you have a Michael Penix Jr. Bo Nix game. I think the winner of that, I think if Oregon wins, Bo Nix will have a big game. And Bo Nix will win the Heisman. Now, Oregon could always lose to Oregon State. And then that starts to make things a little bit more interesting. Because if they lose to Oregon State, then... Bo Nix has a big game. They're still not going to win that conference. And mm-hmm. Bo Nix almost has to be there at 11-1. and one. But I still think it's Bo Nix's to lose. Right now, Jaden Daniels is in the lead. But to steal a car racing metaphor, I got a full tank of gas and fresh tires. You got a half tank of gas and your tires are about 20 laps old. We've got 10 laps to go. 
my, my, my fuel gauge and my, my fresh tires are going to catch you. I'm going to catch you. I got too much speed. I'm going to catch you. Too much going for me. There you go. But to me, Carson Beck and Marvin Harrison Jr. are in that Carson Beck real long shot. Marvin Harrison Jr. needs to win, needs to have monster games. And to me, this is where you are with Marvin Harrison Jr. Against Michigan and against Iowa, you're talking he's going to have to have 320-plus yards receiving and at least four or five touchdowns. And then there you get to 17 or 18 touchdowns and 1,400, 1,500 yards. Then, then you can start to have that discussion. Iconic moment, you know, Charles Woodson punt return for a touchdown at the Ohio State moment for Charles Woodson was, and Desmond Howard had one too, right, against Ohio State. You have those iconic moments, one in reverse this time for Ohio State. What do I think happens when all of a sudden, I think Bo Nix wins it. I think Nix wins it, Jaden Daniels finishes second, and then third will be Michael Penix Jr., and fourth will be Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that's what you're going to see. Long way to go in terms of two weeks to figure this out, but it's it's up for grabs. It really is. I think four guys can win it in the, with, the, with the one long shot in Carson Beck, but even he can win it. He comes out and he throws for 300, 400 yards, something like that, and Oregon struggles and Washington struggles a little bit in their games. Ohio State gets beat by Michigan. You, you bet Carson Beck can stick his nose in this thing when it's all said and done. But to me, Knicks, Daniels, and... Penix are locks to be invited. Beck and Harrison now, with one more big showing, will both be in. Or at least Marvin Harrison Jr. will be in. From that to this, the best of the rest. Best of the rest. With the Chiefs and the Eagles set for Monday night, look around the rest of the league and say, okay, the Chiefs and the Eagles, probably a Super Bowl preview, but seldom do those things actually pan out. Somebody loses. So I wanted to go through and look at, look at this and who's got actually the best shot to knock these guys off. And to me, there are seven teams other than the Chiefs or the Eagles that can go to the Super Bowl. That's it. That's it. And one of them's a puncher's shot. They really are. In the NFC, it's the Eagles. Then I have after the Eagles and I have the Niners. The Niners are starting to cook. Niners are starting to cook here a little bit. Problem with this is San Francisco is going to have to go to Philly. I thought the Seahawks may be able to push them in that division, but the Seahawks had an ugly loss on Sunday. So right now, it's I have the Niners 2, Cowboys 3, Lions 4. I know that's not the seedings, but that's where I'd stick it right now. Eagles 1, Niners 2, Cowboys 3, Lions 4. Anything that kind of burns on this a little bit, barring any upsets, the Eagles are going to have to play the Cowboys in the postseason at home. So, yeah. Still a threat. Still a threat. So Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, Lions, Niners, Cowboys, Lions. That's it. I don't see nobody else in the NFC is going to get there. No way. Be, because then you start talking about, okay, well, who's the other division leaders? Okay. The Lions are division leader. The Niners are division leader. The Eagles are division leader. Who's the fourth division leader? Uh, Saints. All right. The Cowboys are going to drill them. Then what? You're going to tell me the Vikings are going to go win three in a row on the road. Come on. Or who else is going to go win three in a row on the road? The Seahawks going to win three in a row on the road? Not going to happen. The Cowboys could do that. You bet they could. They're the only team that can do that. Only team in the NFC that could do that. Or the Eagles in juxtaposition. But that's it. If I had to guess right now, I really, realistically, it's going to be the Eagles, the Niners, the Cowboys. The Lions, if they can get the two seed and have home field, then they get to host the Niners. That thing makes things a little bit more interesting. 
But any scenario that involves somebody having to go to Philly, the Niners and the Cowboys, I think the only two teams that could win there. Even that's a long shot. AFC is a little bit more open. It is, but I just have a tough time seeing the, the Dolphins or the Jags going into Arrowhead or Baltimore for that matter and winning. And now I know the Browns are making a little bit more interesting, but the Ravens are going to win that division. And now this is where the battle begins. With Monday night, if the Chiefs beat the Eagles, then the AFC pretty much at that point, the Chiefs would have to lose. Well, the Ravens, the Jags, and the Dolphins could only lose one game the rest of the year, and the Chiefs would have to lose at least two. And that would just get you a tie. So the AFC are gigantic Eagles fans Monday night because if the Chiefs win that sucker, then all of a sudden the margin of error is one game and the Chiefs have to lose two in the final five, six weeks. It's going to be tough to do that because they're going to start to pick up some steam. So when I look at it, most likely Super Bowl are the Eagles and what? Eagles and the Chiefs. Then the most next likely, I've got the Niners and the Ravens. In order, Chiefs in the AFC. Eagles in the NFC. Then I said the Niners, Cowboys, and Lions in that order. In the AFC, Chiefs followed by what? The Ravens. Then I've got the Jags, the Dolphins. I got the Jags a little bit ahead of Miami because the Jags can play defense. Jags can play some defense. And Trevor Lawrence, both those teams are really, really close. And then I got the Bills as a puncher's chance. I got the Bills as a puncher's chance because the Bills sit there at 6-5 and after what they just did to the Jets. And I... (laughs) My mind sits here as you start to go through this and say, okay, it's six and five. If they could finish, if they're the sixth seed and all of a sudden the Bills are going to Jacksonville or the Bills are going to Miami, that makes things a little bit interesting. If the Bills are going to Baltimore as the seven and the two, it's going to be tough for Buffalo, but Buffalo can travel. Josh Allen still is that guy that can flip that switch. With quarterbacks like that, yeah, it's it's feast or famine, but you can go on the road and win. You can go on the road and win. Big games like that, you bet you can. Gunslinger can hurt you, can also heal you in a hurry. So they're still that team that it's six and five. That if somehow they can get there at again, if they can go eleven and six, go five and one, even ten and seven, and they're sitting there as the six, as long as the the, the Bills and the Ravens don't play each other, the, the the Jags or the Dolphins will have their hands full with Buffalo. They will, especially if it's late in the year and Buffalo plays Miami the last week of the year and they turn around and play right again kind of gets crazy there, but there, why I give this a chance because if the dolphins could be like a six seed and then let's say the dolphins could knock off the Jags, then, then the bills, excuse me, if the bills can be like the six seed, knock off the Jags or knock off the dolphins, then the bills will go to Kansas city. And we've already seen Buffalo give Kansas city problems in arrowhead there. there there's where you get your puncher's chance, but I think it's the Raven. If I had to rank chiefs, Eagles, then in the AFC, the Ravens, followed by what? The Jags, because their defense, Dolphins, and then Bills. Nobody else got shot. Seth, what about the Browns? Go ahead. Fall in love with them. Saints, no. Browns, no. Vikings, no. Seahawks, no. No, 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 no. Seven teams have a shot. And even the Bills is dramatic George Foreman, Michael Moore type of long shot. There you go. Harfon Sports, the bar. Podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram. Remember, auditory route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast under Harp on Sports, the bar headings. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong.
Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.